But we interrupt our normal podcast schedule to bring you this special edition because our world is not where we expected it to be. So I'm bringing you a podcast I didn't expect to bring. We call this one Leading Through Crisis. This is the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. We are very passionate about building your leadership 20 minutes at a time. For those of you that have been with us for a long time, you know that we release a new podcast on the first Thursday of each month. And you might be saying, well, this isn't the first Thursday of the month. And the reason we're releasing this podcast now is because things have changed and we're adjusting our plans significantly. The bad news is I had two podcasts already recorded to release in April and in May. We were gonna talk about growing your organizations. In fact, the title of those podcasts was Defeating the Four Enemies of Growth. The problem is right now, I don't know very many organizations that are really trying to grow. What I know is there are a lot of people trying to survive right now. So what I wanted to do is bring in a special episode talking about leading through crisis. We had a plan, but things changed. And I don't wanna be too obvious in stating this, but we absolutely know that we're living in a very, very complicated time. Just to be clear, I'm recording this message on Tuesday, March the 24th. The reason I'm telling you this is because You may listen to this in a week from now or six months from now or two years from now. To give context, if it is two years from now, we are right now in the middle of trying to figure out how the world is gonna cope with COVID-19. Now, two years from now, you may look back and say, well, we got it figured out. Hopefully, two years from now, you'll be saying, we got it figured out. But right now, we really don't have any idea what is to come. It's an unprecedented season in our lifetime where at the moment of this recording, we just don't have any clear answers and we are moving into very unchartered territory. In fact, at the moment of this recording, most everyone has varying degrees of discomfort about the future. Some of you may be very vulnerable to getting sick. Some of you may be sick. Some of you may have relatives that are in their 80s and such, and could be very, very vulnerable. Some are afraid of losing their job. Others right now, unfortunately, you've already lost your job. Every day, I'm hearing about more and more people that are laid off, and you may be hurting financially. The reason I wanna talk to you a little differently than I would just a normal audience is that many of you, because you're leaders, you have an extra layer of pressure. Many of you are not just worried about your job like so many other people, but you're concerned about your business or your ministry or your nonprofit, and you're actually concerned about the jobs of many, many people. You're concerned about your employees. You have a very heavy burden about their families, about all the people who depend on you to lead your organization. And I just wanna take a moment and acknowledge that. It's incredibly difficult right now especially for leaders. You're making decisions and you don't have all the facts to make the decisions that you need to make. What what do we do as leaders? How do we lead through times of uncertainty? How do we lead during a crisis? How do you lead when you don't have any idea what's coming three weeks from now, much less an hour from now? How do you lead when you're afraid, when you're unsure, when you're lacking confidence. 
What we know is that leadership is always important, but it's more important now than it ever has been before. How do you lead during a crisis? So what I wanna do in this episode is I wanna give you some perspective that I hope is helpful. I wanna make some suggestions and then I wanna give you a little bit of encouragement. So let's start with a little bit of perspective. Here's what we need to understand is that this is a very real global crisis. Let's just call it what it is. It's a very, very real global crisis. But perspective, this is not the first crisis in the history of the world, and it will not be the last. I wanna state very clearly, and I know that you know this deep down, but I wanna say it, I want us to feel it. That is, we will get through this. We will find some solutions, we will adapt, we will overcome, we will get through this. Now, will it be difficult? The answer is yes. It's already incredibly difficult for an incredibly high percentage of the population. Yes, it's gonna be difficult. Will things be different on the other side? I'm not sure. My answer is most likely, yes, things could be very, very different. But we have to remember that we will get through this. Good leaders will lead through hard times. And you are a good leader. You play an important role in leading through this crisis. Now, with that being said, just for perspective, remember, this is not gonna be the end of the world. We will get through this. It's also important to remember a couple of things. Remember, every major crisis creates unexpected problems. Duh, you've got a list a mile long right now of all these problems you didn't project. I had all sorts of contingency plans. I had um, all sorts of ways to overcome all these different obstacles. I didn't see this coming. You very likely didn't see this coming. Every major crisis creates unexpected problems and we've got too many to count. But do not forget that every major crisis also creates unprecedented opportunities. Don't forget, yes, there's unexpected problems, but there's also unprecedented opportunities. When you think about it, we have more and different problems today than we did a month ago but at the very same time, we also have more and different opportunities today than we did a month ago. So as leaders, what are we gonna do? We're going to address the problems, that's what we do. But we're not just gonna be problem focused, we're also gonna be looking for the opportunities that this crisis actually creates. Now, what kind of opportunities will you see? Let me give you three different um, options. First of all, some opportunities are practical. They're very, very practical. In other words, now, almost all of us, we have an excuse to make some of the changes that we've been putting off that we should have made a long time ago. It, this, is, this is practical, that we have some opportunities that are practical. In fact, I had a mentor tell me this. My mentor would always say, don't ever waste a crisis. What's confusing during good times often becomes very clear during hard times. What does a crisis do? A crisis often creates clarity. Suddenly you see this clearly needs to be changed, addressed, fixed, adjusted now. Things might become very, very clear and practically you can fix some things that you should have fixed a long time ago. You might need to adjust expenses. You'll probably want to eliminate some fluff. You might close a department. 
you might redeploy some talent, you might narrow your focus. Some opportunities are practical. A crisis creates clarity, and you may see clearly this is the time to fix some things that should have been fixed a long time ago. A second type of opportunity to look for would be financial opportunities. Some opportunities are financial. In other words, for those of you that do have margin or you've got cash on hand, there will be certain investing opportunities. Things either are on sale now or they will be on sale and you can look for places to invest the resources that you have to create gains. There will also be business opportunities. And here's what's important, is those who can see the needs and respond quickly can create businesses. You're gonna look around and suddenly there are needs that were not there before. If you see those needs, if you can respond quickly, you can create businesses or create value if you have eyes to see. There will be lots of financial opportunities for the few people who see them and seize them. Don't just be focused on the problems, look for the opportunities. So some opportunities will be practical, some will be financial, Many will be what I call missional. You will, if you have eyes to see, you'll see many missional opportunities to make a difference in this world. Why? Because there are people in need today that were not in need a month ago. And you, as a leader, can see opportunities to help those people who are in need. For example, I'm a pastor, and I know that people today in many parts of the world are more open spiritually because of all the questions and all the uncertainty they have. So for me, as a missional opportunity, I'm not just looking to meet physical needs, I'm also looking to help minister to spiritual needs because this has created some missional opportunities. Businesses, you can do the same thing. I like what several businesses are doing. I read about GM and Tesla considering or maybe even already making respirators. That's out of their normal line of business. Commercial airliners who usually transport people are now transporting cargo. There's a trucking company that's slower this time of the year, so they're taking their trucks and they're shipping food to places that need food. Churches, we're doing this. At some of our locations, we've opened up the doors to provide a place for childcare for hospital workers that couldn't have their children where they were before. I heard of one church that's using their parking lot to be a massive testing center for people to get tested in case they might test positive for COVID-19. Many opportunities are missional. Here's what we have to remember. Is this a crisis? Yes. Is it incredibly difficult? Yes. Is it full of pain and hard decisions? Yes, but every crisis creates problems and opportunities. So many leaders, most leaders just see the problems, but the best leaders address the problems and seize the opportunities. Look for opportunities and you can make a difference in this world. Now, if we're continuing our thoughts about perspective, let me talk about something that may seem obvious, but I'm afraid that a lot of leaders may be missing this. As leaders, we need to clearly define the problems that we're trying to solve and address. We need to clearly define the problems that we're trying to solve and address. And again, this seems insultingly obvious, and I apologize if it is, but a lot of leaders simply don't do this. Some leaders just start diving in and trying to immediately spin up activity without clearly defining 
what are the problems that we're trying to solve? Now, what are our current problems? The answer is gonna be very different depending on where you live, what industry you're in. It might be different in Italy than it is in Australia. It might be different if you're leading a nonprofit versus a for-profit and the type of nonprofit, it might be different. So the, the differences are gonna vary widely, but we all have some similarities. Let's talk about the similarities for a moment and then we could get more specific. What are our problems? Number one, COVID-19 is a problem. In other words, you don't wanna get sick. If you're vulnerable, you especially don't wanna get sick. That's the problem. That's where some people are stopping. That's not our only problem. What other problem do we have in common? Fear and panic, those are problems. People are afraid. In fact, I heard one person say that we actually have two pandemics. We've got a viral pandemic and we've got a social pandemic. In other words, people are spreading the virus and people are also spreading the fear. So the virus is a problem. Also the fear, in fact, the fear creates a lot of problems as well. So number one, the virus is a problem. Number two, fear and panic is a problem. Number three, the cascading economic impact is a problem. In fact, there are some people that are projecting that the physical pain and trauma will be worse from the economy than from the virus. In other words, the economic impact could end up hurting more people or potentially killing more people globally than the virus does. Now, you ask me, what do I think about that? That's above my pay grade, but there are some people that are saying that could be a possibility because what do we know? As the economy tends to fall, despair always increases. And what happens whenever the economy hits a low level that leads to depression, that leads to mental health challenges, it often leads to substance abuse, to potential domestic abuse, to the possibility of the rise in the rate of people taking their own lives. And then when you think about the already impoverished nations that are living on $2, $3, $4 a day, the lives of people that could be devastated in a global economic crisis, I don't even want my mind to go there. What problem do we have? It's not just the virus, it's also the fear. It's also the compounding effects on the economy. Then there's also something we need to think about, and that is the problem of public perception. Whatever you do is gonna be judged in the court of public opinion. Now, I know what some of you would say, you'd say, well, Craig, we shouldn't worry about what people think, we should just do what's right. Yes, generally so. But if we're not aware of what people are thinking by the decisions that we're making as leaders, we are very, very, very unwise. You have to think very, very carefully that even if what you do is right, but it's not understood by the general public, that can create a real problem. For example, our church currently meets in 34 locations in 10 states, almost 35 locations in 11 states, but we've had to pull back on our newest one that was going in Colorado Springs because of what's going on right now, or at least put that on hold. And what we found is when this virus was first starting out, we were allowed to meet in certain states, but it was recommended that we didn't meet in other places. So we had some very complicated decisions to meet. By deciding not to have church to protect people and do what we felt like was wise, we got all sorts of criticism. Had we had church though, can you imagine, we're known as the largest attended church in the nation. Had we done that and put a lot of people at risk, 
the public opinion, even though it would have been generally safe at most places. There were almost no cases in many of the states in which we meet, and it would have been almost completely safe. The public opinion could have been so strong against us, it could have made it really difficult for us to reach some of those people that we're trying to reach because they would think we care about ourselves more than about the safety of people. What I'm saying is you're gonna have to be really wise. Think really hard about the decisions that you make. Now, once you start to identify the problem, what you're gonna wanna do is you're gonna wanna create a short-term plan. When you have the problems identified, we've named four, but you're gonna have another 40 that you're dealing with in your specific leadership, you're gonna wanna create a short-term plan. Now, during the early season of the crisis, which I believe most likely we're still in the early season, we're probably in quarter one of determining what's gonna happen in this problem, it should become clear there are only a few things that really, really matter. You're gonna be tempted and your leaders are gonna be tempted to come up with all these ideas. They may be good ideas, but they're not the best ideas. Early in the crisis, Focus your energy toward what matters most. Fight against a lot of lower tier priorities. Stay focused in the higher tier top priorities. For example, there were hundreds of decisions that we need to make as a church, but there was really only one that mattered. What would we do for weekend worship when we couldn't meet in physical locations? Our energy should go toward the top one, two, three things, there are gonna be hundreds of decisions, but focus your energy toward the most important things. Now, when you're devising a plan, let me give you two thoughts. Two thoughts about your short-term plan. Number one, expect to get it wrong. <laughs> That's right. No matter how great you are, things are changing so quickly, your first plan will not be right. It'll, in fact, it'll probably be very, very wrong. There's no roadmap. You're gonna have lots of false starts. Things are changing too rapidly, so take the pressure off yourself. You're not gonna get it right. You shouldn't be able to get it right. That's just a part of it. Number one, expect to get it wrong. Number two, I wanna just encourage you to think long-term but plan short-term. Think long-term but plan short-term. People are asking me, like I might know, you know, how long is this gonna last? What do you think? Is it gonna be over in a few weeks? You know, I hope it's gonna be short, but it may not be. What I'm doing in my mind as a leader is I'm thinking, okay, we can't meet church physically. So I'm thinking, well, we probably won't be meeting until maybe late summer. The reason I'm thinking late summer is not because that's my best projection, but I'd rather be pleasantly surprised that we meet earlier rather than consistently devastated because we don't get to meet on Easter. So in my mind, I'm thinking long-term, but in my planning, I am all short-term. I don't want any staff member to say, two weeks from now, here's what it's gonna look like, because we don't know what it's gonna look like two weeks from now. We're planning week to week, sometimes day to day, sometimes hour to hour. In my mindset, I'm thinking long-term, but in my practical planning and maneuvering, I'm thinking, day to day, hour to hour, no more than a week at a time because things are changing so quickly. I'm not gonna be so naive or so foolish to say, three weeks from now, it's gonna be like this. We have no idea what it's gonna be. Keep your people nimble, keep them ready to respond. We are not making long-term declarations. I would be foolish to do so. Let's talk about communication. Let me give you three thoughts about communicating. Number one, communicate empathetically. 
show some empathy when you communicate. Because unfortunately, most of your team members' first thought is not gonna be about your business, your nonprofit, or your church. By nature, what they're asking is, how does this impact me? How does it impact my family? And they're understandably afraid. What you're gonna wanna do is you're gonna want to acknowledge their fears and speak directly to their fears. Help them know that you understand what they're feeling. And don't be afraid to say what they might be thinking. For example, they might be thinking, we might lose our jobs. And so you might say, I'm guessing some of you are worried about your jobs. Speak directly to it. Don't be afraid to speak directly to their fears because if they don't believe wholeheartedly that you understand what they feel, they're not likely to follow you. Help, help them to understand you genuinely care about them. Communicate with empathy. Number two, communicate truthfully. This is so, so, so important. Tell the truth. Even when the truth may be negative, even when the truth is uncertain, even when the truth is scary. This is so important. I've, I've seen some leaders like trying to lead with positivity, just you know, like this is gonna be fine, it's gonna be over in no time. Be realistic and be truthful. Your goal now is not to motivate, like, hey, just be positive, we're gonna get through this. We do not motivate through a crisis. What we do is we lead through a crisis. And part of being a leader is telling the truth when things are difficult. Just be truthful. In fact, Jim Collins wrote about this in his classic book, Good to Great. If you haven't read that book, stop this podcast, go read this book. It's very, very helpful. He writes about Admiral Jim Stockdale, who was the highest ranking US military officer in one of the worst POW camps during the Vietnam War. And Admiral Stockdale survived an eight-year imprisonment, eight years, tortured 20 times. He had no certainty of living, no promise of freedom, no hope of surviving. And even though he was a prisoner trying to keep himself alive, he was also in command. And so his job was to help other POWs survive. When he got out and they asked him about those who did survive versus those who didn't, they asked him who didn't make it out. And he responded very, very quickly, that's easy. The optimists are the one that didn't make it out. Those who believed they'd be out by Christmas and then by Easter, they were the ones that were so devastated they didn't last. And here's a direct quote from Collins' book attributed to Stockdale who said this, this is a very important lesson. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end with which you cannot afford to lose with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. In other words, what we need to do is we need to confront the brutal facts. We believe we're gonna get through this, but we tell the truth when it's difficult. Tell your team the truth, even if the truth is negative, uncertain, or scary. Why? Because people can handle bad news better than no news. They can handle bad news better than no news and the fear that comes with not knowing. Tell them the truth. Tell them what you don't know. Tell them when you're not sure. Don't promise anything. The only thing that I'm promising our team is whatever I've told you is going to change. I promise you we're not gonna get it right. I promise you we're gonna adjust. I promise you we have good team members who will make wise decisions when we have future information we're not making any definitive long-term statements. We're adjusting as we go. That's why you speak confidently, but not definitively. 
You speak with confidence, but you're not declaring, here's our eight-week plan. You're certain your team's gonna make wise decisions, but you don't know what's coming in the future. Communicate with empathy, communicate truthfully. Number three, communicate frequently. Leaders, believe me when I tell you, you cannot over-communicate. Every day, things are changing. Every day, your team, they're gonna have new questions, new concerns, and new fears. For example, our staff normally meets four times a year. Now I'm talking to them weekly or more than weekly, sometimes daily. Our church normally meets once a week. Now I'm talking to them midweek, plus I'm doing a midweek service. What I'm doing is I'm increasing the frequency of communication. Whatever your audience is, your staff or your attendees or your customers, just communicate frequently. As often as you can, tell them why you're doing something or why you're not doing something. People will go along with the what if they understand the why. Give them context. Now, on a practical and side note, let me just give you some practical, quick thoughts. Cash is king. Whatever you can do in a crisis, free up extra capital, extra cash. Cash is king. We have no idea how long this thing's gonna last or how bad it's gonna be. Cash to your business is like oxygen to your body. Do whatever you can to free up extra resources. Be conservative, be wise, cash is king. If you're gonna make sacrifices, and many organizations will make sacrifices, you go first and you sacrifice the most. If there's a cut and pay, as leaders, we go first and we make the biggest sacrifice. We're gonna lead with a sacrificial heart. It may seem obvious, but I wanna say it. Please take care of yourself. Like many of you, it's been several weeks and I haven't had a real day off. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna force myself to unplug, just do it. Spend time with your kids, spend time with your spouse if you're married, watch some kind of stupid Netflix show, just unplug, sleep at night. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not gonna be any good to anybody else. When you feel discouraged, when you feel alone, uh, when you feel afraid, I just wanna tell you, you're not alone. We all feel like that right now. None of us have a blueprint, there is not a map. I'm second guessing myself every moment of every single day. That's just the way it's gonna be for a little while. We don't have the answers. We're going to intuit, we're going to read, we're gonna take whatever information we have, we're gonna make wise decisions based on the information we have today. We're gonna to lead confidently, but we're not speaking definitively. We're leaders, we're not gonna motivate our way through this, we're gonna lead our way through this. Now, if you'll notice, I've talked all the way through this episode and I haven't talked about layoffs just yet. The problem is many of you as leaders, you're gonna be making the really, really difficult decision about what to do with employees when you don't have the ability to compensate employees. And I just wanna say this is one of the toughest things, if not the very toughest thing that leaders have to face. When you do let good people go, I know that you will be as generous as you can with them. Work like crazy to be as generous as you can. And I just wanna give you permission as a leader to hurt when you do this. You're not a bad leader when you hurt. You're gonna be a bad leader if you don't hurt. I've cried in the past of letting people go. Step into the emotion and feel it. Some businesses may not make it. Some ministries may not make it. I just wanna say this. If you find yourself in a place where whatever you've been leading doesn't make it, I just wanna remind you, it's not over. You're still alive. You still have your faith. 
you, have, you still have people around you. Someone said this, I, I wish I could tell you exactly who, but they said, failure is not a person, failure is an event. It's never a person. Just because you failed at something doesn't mean that you're a failure. You're a leader. Some of the best leaders do the most significant things on the other side of something that ends up going south. Don't be discouraged. It is not game over. It may be the end of a chapter, but guess what? A new chapter can begin. What are we gonna do? We're not gonna get it right. We're all gonna make mistakes. We're gonna second guess ourselves. And I just wanna tell you, prepare to hurt because leaders hurt the most. Don't run from the pain, step into it, embrace it. I often say that the difference between where you are and where you're supposed to be is the pain that you're unwilling to endure. We're gonna have some hard decisions to make. Just step into it and lead. It's always gonna be like, feel like it's impossible to manage. And the reason is because we are not created to manage. We don't manage our way through a crisis. We don't motivate our way through a crisis. What do we do? We lead our way through a crisis. You are where you are because you're chosen for this time. You're a leader. This is when leadership is most difficult but this is when great leaders will shine. You will not get it right, but you will adjust, you will learn, you will grow, surround yourself with the right people, take care of yourself, step forward with confidence every day, and know you'll make wise decisions based on the information that you have. You're not gonna motivate your way through it. You're not gonna manage your way through it. Guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna lead your way through it. Now, I wanna give you a little warning. I'm about to pray for you. And as a pastor who is a leader, I'm really careful to try to create an environment on this podcast where I'm not pushing my faith on people. So everyone is welcome. We believe that you can lead no matter what your spiritual background. If you're a person of faith, you're welcome. If you don't know how to spell faith, you're welcome. If you wanna turn the podcast off because you don't wanna hear a prayer, turn it off. But right now, the person of faith in me feels the need to pray for you as a leader. And so I wanna do that. Father, I ask that you'd give all the leaders listening right now wisdom from heaven to do what you've created them to do. God, direct their steps. I pray, God, that you would give them provision um, whenever the well seems to dry up. Give them innovative ideas, God, not just to look at the problems, God, help them to address the problems, but help them also to see any opportunities. I pray, God, for those that will survive, that you give them the wisdom to make the decisions in this season that will make them stronger on the other end. God, I pray for some leaders that would rise up to um, become even very special leaders in this time, to point people toward you, to be people of faith, to build organizations that don't just make a profit, God, but make a difference in this world. God, give these leaders, your leaders, confidence that you're with them. You will never leave them you will never forsake them. God, I believe you will give them everything they need to do everything you call them to do. Give them your presence, God. Give them your strength. God, help us lead well and represent you, God, in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You feel pressure? I feel pressure. You're not gonna get it right. Show up, be yourself, because people would rather follow a leader is always real and one is always right.